WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Good morning. It is Wednesday, February 7th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Another beautiful day on the way. Sunshine today, high 46. Tonight and overnight, clear, low 33. And then Thursday, sunny, high 50. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 30 and clear in Oyster Bay out on Long Island. It's 27 and clear in Garwood down in New Jersey. And it is 31 and clear outside our Midtown studios right now. So much to get to as we work our way up. Sit in friends in the morning, 6 o'clock uh, this morning. Sean Hannity uh, has a show Fox News every night. Honestly, I don't know what time it's on. Nine, ten o'clock? I'm not up that late. I'm usually sleeping by then. But uh, Curtis Sliwa was one of his guests last night. And he had Curtis on live from Times Square with his guardian angels behind him. It was kind of cool just to see the setup. The way it looked, it was cool. There's cars driving by. He was on one of those islands in the middle of Times Square. It was a great photo op, I guess is the best way to describe it. And he was asking Curtis about the migrant mess because Curtis is so involved in that. And as he's asking Curtis about the migrant mess, the six or seven guardian angels that are behind Curtis all of a sudden walk out of the shot with kind of concerned faces. They're not running, but they're clearly walking fast. And then you realize what's going on. They are grabbing two men who have just shoplifted from a local store, two migrants, apparently. This all happening while Curtis is live on with uh, Sean Hannity. So this is what it sounded like. He was in the middle of asking him, you know, some question about the migrant mess. Not a bad deal. I don't think they're giving them to, to vets that are homeless in New York City. Not that I've heard, Curtis. Okay, there's a little bit of... fact, our guys have just taken down one of the migrant guys right here on the corner, 42nd and 7th, while all this is... Can you pan the camera? They've taken over. They've taken over. Light the camera over there if at all possible. Uh, you got your key. Yeah, Fox was a little slow of turning that camera on. They were having mic issues. But when they finally figured it out, Curtis give a, gave a little bit of play-by-play about what was happening right in front of them as they were live on the Sean Hannity show last night. Uh, there was two migrants that the guardian angels were grabbing. Be open, guys. He is out of control. Out of control. They're, They're grabbing this guy, right, holding him down on the ground. Complains. He's getting no support. And then here's the weird part. So now you have this live moment on the air. This is last night. Curtis Lewa is and his guardian angels are grabbing these two migrants in Times Square who apparently were involved in some sort of shoplifting incident, allegedly, I should say, because we don't know for sure. And you have it live. And for some reason, Fox goes away from this. I mean, I wanted to see what happened. But here you'll hear Sean Hannity just moves on to like another story, which I thought was very bizarre. All right. Now, Eric Adams often complains he's getting no support from the federal government to help him with the surge of Joe Biden's unvetted illegals in New York. Yeah, And that could be. By the way, the whole time the camera's still on what's going on. Instead of doing play by play, Sean pretends like he can't see it. 
So, uh, so the so-called border czar is a little distracted right now, according to a report, Vice <laughs> President Harris. So anyway, I don't know why you wouldn't stay on that story. I thought it was kind of interesting. That going on yesterday as a couple state lawmakers from Staten Island calling on Mayor Adams to take action following the series of crimes involving migrants. We now have those migrants on mopeds who were stealing phones and stealing banking information off them, then sending the phones to Columbia. Then you had, of course, the migrants who attacked cops in Times Square almost two weeks ago. So yesterday you had Assemblyman Michael Riley joining other lawmakers asking Mayor Adams to issue an executive order to reverse a city law that bars the NYPD from notifying the feds when non-citizens are arrested. The way I find out is the way we find out when you report it in the news. That's just reprehensible. There's no reason why we shouldn't have transparency. Federal immigration officials say the law allows bad actors to return to the streets before the feds know about them. Adams says that's up to the city council if they want to reverse the law. He says he's open to having talks. Doubt the city council is on the same page as the mayor. You see this yesterday, 70 people charged to this massive NYCHA corruption bus, just one of the biggest busts in city history. New York City Department of Investigation Commissioner Jocelyn Strauber says the decade-long scandal was widespread. The 70 current and former NYCHA staff members charged today in separate bribery schemes touch every borough of New York City and nearly one-third of NYCHA's 335 housing developments. So the kickbacks apparently exploited this no-bid process for contract work. They drove up the costs for construction and maintenance and then diverted the money away from public housing and into the pockets of NYCHA staff. So it seems everybody, or at least 70 people, had their hands out and were making a lot of money. Now, contractors who paid NYCHA superintendents should not be afraid to come forward and speak out. As the complaints today made clear... Many contractors have already been brave enough to tell law enforcement about the bribes that NYCHA employees demanded of them. U.S. Attorney for the Southern District there says the charges are a result of what he called a tremendous partnership, adding that close to 700 law enforcement agents were involved in this investigation. Today's charges are a product of tremendous partnership. Nearly 700 law enforcement agents participated in the arrest that took place in New York and elsewhere today. So 70 NYCHA superintendents, assistant superintendents, others allegedly abused their positions of public trust and responsibility to solicit and receive these bribes. Now, don't know the total, but a lot of money trading hands here. Allegedly used their positions of public trust and responsibility to solicit and receive bribes from NYCHA vendors as a cost of doing business. Over two million in bribe payments in total. Yeah, okay, so there you go. You got the number two million bucks. So now we'll have to see what happens to all these people involved, seventy in all in this case. ABC News Time five oh nine. Let's go down to Washington. The House was set to vote to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas last night. The Homeland Security Committee did an extraordinary job, a very deliberate job, investigating the various things that that uh, Secretary Mayorkas has been charged with. House Speaker Mike Johnson there telling reporters ahead of the vote that Mayorkas engaged in a complete dereliction of duty in his handling of the southern border. The House then went for the vote and it, well, it failed. Three Republicans joined Democrats in voting against the impeachment with the final tally tied at 215. Republican Speaker Mike Johnson told reporters ahead of the vote Mayorkas engaged in a complete dereliction of duty in his handling of 
above the southern border. He accused the secretary of willfully refusing to enforce immigration laws. Had the vote passed, Mayorkas would have become the first cabinet official impeached in almost a century and a half. I'm Brian Shook. Let's stay in D.C. at 510. Florida Senator Rick Scott speaking out against the border security bill. Scott says the bill doesn't secure the border, would tie the hands of future Republican administrators. What we should do is sit down as a conference and say, what's important to us? And then as a conference, we say, if if the Democrats want to pass a bill, these are the things that we have to have in there. So this bill was a compromise offer by the White House to get Ukraine aid in exchange for border security. We've not had a conversation with somebody who's come and telling us, hey, this is why we're doing it. This is the plan. This is lethal weapons. This is exactly how, how we're going to make sure Ukraine win. Okay, and, and, and Putin lose. President Biden blaming Donald Trump for the collapse of this border deal. Donald Trump thinks it's bad for him politically. Therefore, he doesn't even know it helps the, the, the country. He's not for it. Uh, Biden claims that Trump has been threatening, intimidating Republican lawmakers to vote against the bill. For the last 24 hours, he's done nothing, I'm told, but reach out to Republicans in the House and the Senate and threaten them and try to intimidate them to vote against this proposal. It looks like they're caving. Frankly, they owe it to the American people to show some spine and do what they know to be right. It's going to make the country safer, make the border more secure, treat people more humanely and fairly, and make legal immigration more efficient and consistent with the values of our nation. So this is what the deal is. The Senate border deal that includes that funding for Ukraine and Israel appears to be dead ahead of the key vote. We had a very robust discussion about whether or not this product could ever become law. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell says uh, it's clear the deal won't become law. It's been made pretty clear to us uh, by the Speaker that it will not become law. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer slamming opposition to the bill. There was a lot of anger, frustration, deep disappointment in our Republican colleagues. Leader McConnell and the Republican conference did a 180-degree reversal. They were quaking at the knees at the fear of Donald Trump. So silly season. I'll probably repeat this number of times between now and Election Day. Not a whole lot gets done because it's all in anticipation of what happens in November, no doubt this bill probably part of that as well. Meanwhile, a group of Republicans backing a measure that says Donald Trump did not engage in insurrection. Texas Congressman Ronnie Jackson blaming Democrats for pushing what he calls a false narrative. The biggest danger is the weaponization of government that's taken place in an effort to prevent President Trump from ever being president again. So this resolution is an attempt to shoot down efforts to disqualify Trump from the presidential ballot. There are questions about whether his role in the Capitol riot violated a provision of the 14th Amendment, which bans anyone who engaged in insurrection from holding elected office. Directed specifically at keeping President Trump from ever being reelected. This whole process should not be necessary. What's happening in this country right now is an absolute disgrace. WABC News Time 513. Jennifer Crumbly has been found guilty on all counts in her historic involuntary manslaughter trial in Michigan. She's the mom of that teenager who shot and killed four classmates and injured seven others at Oxford High School back in November of 2021. On count one of involuntary manslaughter, as to Madison Baldwin, 
we find the defendant guilty of involuntary manslaughter. Jennifer and her husband James both charged with four counts of involuntary manslaughter. Prosecutors say they ignored signs their son was having mental health struggles. The sentencing will happen at a later date. On count two of involuntary manslaughter in regards to Tate Muir, we find the defendant guilty of involuntary manslaughter. So now next up is her husband is set to go on trial for the same charges pretty soon. 514, let's go overseas. Secretary of State Antony Blinken in the Middle East to promote the framework of a hostage release deal. We put forward, as you know, a serious proposal that was aimed at not simply repeating the previous agreement, but expanding it. So Blinken met with Egypt's president and expected to meet with several of the Qatari ministers. This comes as Israel's defense minister says the country is now focusing on the Gaza Strip's most southern city as it's Hamas last stronghold in the region. Blinken trying to work out this hostage deal, 130 hostages being held by Hamas in Gaza since October 7th. There is word that Israel believes maybe half of them are no longer alive. We continue to believe that an agreement is possible and indeed essential. Uh, and we will continue to work relentlessly to achieve it. So this just coming out in the last couple seconds, so we'll read it together because I have not seen it. But the Israeli government going to discuss today the country's official response to a draft ceasefire proposal from Hamas that Israeli officials have called a non-starter. According to the details that we're getting from Reuters, the Hamas draft proposal submitted uh, would see the phased release of the remaining 136 captives being held by Hamas, um, whom Israel thinks maybe half are dead. Uh, 105 hostages, mostly women and children, were released in November. This would be uh, in return for more Palestinian prisoners being held in Israeli jails, being sent back home. It's a little bit more complicated than what Israel is calling for. And uh, not all the details I'm looking to see. Not all the details are here, but I imagine they will come out as the morning comes on because the Israeli war cabinet is set to meet really just in the next couple moments to discuss this latest proposal as more details come into us. Of course, We'll pass them on to you. All right, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Happy Hump Day. Good morning, Justin Ellett. Happy Hump Day. Good morning to you, Noam Layden. Start here at the Garden with our beloved Knicks. Jalen Brunson had 27 points and 8 assists before exiting with an apparent ankle injury. Dante DiVincenzo had 32 points and the Knicks hung on for a 123 to 113 win over the shorthanded Memphis Grizzlies last night. Isaiah Hartenstein had 17 and eight rebounds, and uh, Precious Achua uh, scored 17 as the Knicks shot 55.8 percent and won for the tenth time in their past 11 games, improving to 16 and three over their last 19. Brunson, who was serenaded with MVP chance throughout the night from the home crowd, appeared to injure his ankle when he was fouled by Gigi Jackson with uh, over five minutes to play. He did not return. And the Knicks did not have an update postgame. We'll be watching that closely today. On the hardwood in Brooklyn last night, the Nets fell to the visiting Dallas Mavericks by a score of 109-98. to And Kyrie Irving's return to the Barclays Center. Mikael Bridges scored 28 points. And Royce O'Neal had 18 for the shorthanded Nets, who trimmed a 23-point deficit to 107-101. With about five minutes remaining before Irving knocked down two straight three-pointers for a 113-101 lead. Brooklyn's... Ben Simmons had nine points, nine rebounds, and seven assists after sitting out a loss to Golden State on Monday. On the ice in Newark, John Marino scored the go-ahead goal late in the third period, and Patek Banachek made uh, 35 saves as the Devils beat the Colorado Avalanche 5-3 to last night. The Avalanche having a tough time in the tri-state area right now. After 
The Avs tied the contest with um, two quick goals earlier in the third. Marino put New Jersey ahead at 17-43. Marco with his fourth goal of the season. Jesper Bratt, Dawson Mercer, Chris Tierney, and Eric Halla also scored for New Jersey, which had lost two in a row. Nico Heischer had two assists as well. The Devils were playing for the first time since January 27th. They shook off some rust. Uh, that was when they lost 6-3 uh, to three at Tampa Bay. Vanacek, who won 33 games last season in his first campaign with the Devs, he improved to 17-8-2. Uh, Devils forward Tyler Toffoli leads the team with 21 goals, was scratched because of an illness, and New Jersey was also without injured defenseman Dougie Hamilton, uh, Jonas Siegenthaler, and Brendan Smith. After an off day yesterday, the Rangers will return to the ice tonight at home, getting set to welcome in the Tampa Bay Lightning for 7 p.m. Puck drop. That is sports. Noam and I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. WABC News Time 520 did a terrible job of giving you Hamas's proposal for releasing the hostages. I have it better now as I thanks to the people, by the way, at JNS who've been so great to us. So Hamas's proposal consists of a three stage process that would span four and a half months. This is all in return for the hostages being held in Gaza since October 7th. In the first stage, the terror group would release all women hostages as well as those under 19, the elderly and sick. In exchange, Israel would release women and minors being held in Israeli prisons. Uh, the second stage would see the release of the remaining male hostages with bodies being released in the third stage at the end, which would lead to some sort of agreement reached to end the war. Negotiations toward ending the war would start in the first phase. So uh, what they're calling for is Israel to completely move out of Gaza. Apparently, Israeli lawmakers, the war cabinet that's meeting as we speak, say this is deal is a non-starter, not going to happen. That taking place as members of New Jersey's National Guard being deployed overseas to the Middle East. Governor Murphy says more than 1,500 National Guard members are staging in the Middle East and Gulf region, and he's asking New Jerseyans to keep them all in, in their prayers. Our nation's heroes risk their lives every day to protect us from terrorism and other national security threats, and we owe them our deepest respect and gratitude for their courage and patriotism. The governor yesterday also paying tribute to the South Jersey resident, U.S. Army Reserve Sergeant William Rivers, who was killed in action while in Jordan in that drone attack two weeks ago. Flags being flown half-staff across the state now in his honor. Sergeant Rivers is a hero who made the ultimate sacrifice in service to our state and our nation. I spoke with his wife, Darlene, yesterday, and you can imagine how devastated the family is. 522, let's go down to Florida. A hostage situation at a Fort Myers bank ends with the hostages safe, the person who took them hostage dead. At one point, Lee County Sheriff Carmine Merceno says the suspect had a knife to one of his hostages' throats. SWAT team was in place when he presented deadly force like that. Our SWAT sniper shot and killed the suspect. We were fear, in fear for her life and her safety. The SWAT team doing an incredible job. It happened at the Bank of America area bell tower shops. If you know that area in Fort Myers, both hostages were able to walk out of the bank, thank God, unharmed. Why this man took them hostage, who he is, they, we don't know the details of either of those things. Out to the campaign trail at 523, Nikki Haley had been expected to win the Nevada Republican primary yesterday, but came up short with voters opting to choose 
none of the above uh, over her. A conflict of rules resulted in former President Trump not being on the ballot. He'll be on the ballot in a caucus that takes place Thursday. Very confusing what's going on in Nevada. Uh, but uh, here he is. In your state, you have both a primary and you have a caucus. Don't worry about the primary. Just do the caucus thing. And we're going to go on to defeat crooked Joe Biden, and we're going to very simply make America great again. So Haley, Nikki Haley's vowed to stay in the race against Trump, even if the polls have her trailing by double digits for that caucus, which takes place on Tuesday and by double digits in the primary that takes place in South Carolina at the end of the month. Success means being competitive, closing the gap, making sure that we continue to go forward as we go into Super Tuesday. 523, former President Trump still not immune from prosecution in his federal 2020 election interference case. Weiss House correspondent Attorney John Decker breaks down the ruling that took place from a U.S. appeals court yesterday. What this ruling said in terms of its rationale, that former President Trump has become citizen Trump. Trump was seeking immunity from charges related to his alleged efforts to overturn the 2020 election. The federal case was originally set before the 2024 election, but Trump is appealing this latest ruling to the Supreme Court. Any executive immunity that may have protected him while he served as president no longer protects him against this prosecution. This is now in the hands likely of the Supreme Court. But again, the Supreme Court may say we are satisfied with the rationale, with the ruling made by the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. That taking place as a new national poll from the University of Massachusetts Amherst finds little enthusiasm for this Trump-Biden rematch. Over a 1,000 people were questioned, and 53% said they didn't want former President Trump to run. 57% didn't want President Biden to seek re-election. The poll's margin of error was 3.7%. I'm Mark Mayfield. University of Florida releasing its shark bite stats for 2023, and they're up. They're up all over the world. Unprovoked attacks. Uh, there were 69 unprovoked shark attacks worldwide. 16 of them were in Florida last year. When you have a lot of surfers in an area of high surfing activity, a lot of waves and a lot of small fishes, um, you know, you have a greater opportunity to probably encounter a shark in those areas. Yeah, so officials saying uh, to reduce your chance of becoming one of the stats, don't swim alone, don't go into the ocean at dawn or dusk, don't swim where people are fishing. But, of course, dawn and dusk are, well, sometimes great times to go surfing. So I don't know if that's going to distract anybody. Looking at all of Florida, we had 16 total bites, and then of those eight were in Volusia County, swimming in groups, uh, not swimming, you know, solitarily. Uh, not swimming at dawn or dusk, um, and also, you know, just surfing in areas of beach, uh, good beach safety is uh, really critical. 526, a new study claims a weight loss drug helps lower blood pressure in adults who are overweight or obese. The study from an American Heart Association journal says the drug sold under the name Monjaro for diabetes and Zepbound for obesity significantly lowers blood pressure in obese or overweight adults who took it for nine months. Still, experts warn these drugs, including Ozempic, remain too costly for the average American without sufficient insurance coverage. 
I'm Mark Mayfield. Preparations underway for this weekend's Super Bowl in Las Vegas. There are security concerns for events this big, meaning that the federal government's specially trained bomb-sniffing dogs are on the job at Allegiant Stadium, where the Super Bowl takes place on Sunday. The TSA explosive detection canines are all trained in San Antonio, Texas at Lackland Air Force Base. Spokesman Patty Mancho says these pups normally work at the nation's airports, which is good training ground for the Super Bowl. TSA has the second largest explosive detection canine program in the world. Of course, what they're worried about is that uh, somebody wants to create a moment at the Super Bowl when hundreds of millions or at least 100 million could be watching. You never know what's going to happen at an airport, as anyone who travels can tell you. And I think that's the same thing for the Super Bowl. Yeah. All right. We'll get more into what's taking place in the Super Bowl next two days. Some interesting new information coming in. Uh but first, let's talk about Wall Street closing slightly higher at the halfway point of the earnings season. Investors waiting the latest batch of corporate results for the fourth quarter. Spotify and Eli Lilly were among the session's best performers yesterday as markets struggled for direction. At the closing bell, the Dow gained 141 points. S&P 500 rose 11. NASDAQ added 11 points. Talk Radio 77 WABC. <laughs> It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. That is me, 532. Good morning. It is Wednesday, February 7th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine of beauty again today. High 46. Tonight and overnight, clear, low 33. And then even nicer tomorrow sunny high 50 if you are walking out the door with us right now so happy you are 30 clear in oyster bay out on long island 27 clear in garwood down in new jersey and it is 31 and clear outside our midtown studios we'll start this half hour right here in manhattan where the scheme of going after wealthy men in wealthy bars was broken up over the last couple days going on for about 18 months where this crew of good-looking women and men would charm their ways into men's uh, tables at high-end bars and then convince them to leave those bars and go back to their hotel rooms where they would then rob them of their cell phones and their credit cards. And they were not going after like people like myself who don't have that high of a credit card limit. (laughs) They were going after people who had limits of $100,000 or more so they could spend their money quickly and get away. They would go to places like an Apple store and spend this money. Detectives say once the crew marked their target, the women would get them to leave the bar and go somewhere else. They would take the victim's belongings and spend as much money as they could before the victim realized what took place. They had been removing cell phones and credit cards. Once they get the victim's property, they've been going to high-end stores as well as Apple where they have been running up charges upwards of $100,000 to $200,000 per incident. So prosecutors say they caught up at the ringleader with some of the women who would chat up these men, gain their trust before robbing them. They're very savvy. They're well-dressed. They're affluent. They, they go out. They chat you up like they're your friend. And the amazing thing is what they were smart is they would rent high-end hotel rooms where they would bring these wealthy victims back to so they didn't think anything was up because they thought this person maybe had the same amount of money as they did. This goes back 
back, by the way, to October of 2022. One of the victims was willing to speak out about what happened to him. He says the night he was robbed, he was a little drunk and a little high inside this bar. He spoke to NBC. By the time I left the bar and was trying to get back to my new apartment, uh, they were able to get my wallet and they had my phone. I was intoxicated, also very tired, and I'm pretty sure that's why I was targeted by those two women. Yeah, and, you know, we guys, were easy. Two beautiful women come up to you, maybe not so hard to get you out of a bar. Uh, he said he was at this lounge bar on the Lower East Side, remembered the two women approaching him, sharing drinks, and then at some point uh, able to steal from him. He doesn't know when the stealing happened, but he knows they ripped him off for a lot of money. Several credit cards. Um, including an American Express that they were able to spend a lot of money on. In terms of spending on the card, it was over $100,000. Can you imagine having an American Express that they could spend $100,000 on? And, well, I mean, he doesn't have to pay it, but still, that's a lot of money. I would love to see justice, however we define that. Yeah, well, they're going to get justice. Uh, the alleged ring reader, uh, ring, ring leader rather, denied bail due to a previous gun-related charge that's uh, also pending. Both defendants that they busted uh, over the weekend are due back in court on April 16th. A wild scene on the Upper East Side over the weekend. We were watching the surveillance video this morning. This Dora man is on the job at 75th and Madison. He looks out the window, and this woman, middle of the day, by the way, this is 3.45 in the afternoon, this woman is being mugged right outside his building. So he goes out to try and help her. I did what I could, and I wish I could have done more, but it just happened so fast that I couldn't. All I heard is like a thump, like, a, like, a, like she hit the glass with her, with her face. And when I looked up, our eyes kind of met. And uh, all she said, help. And that's when he knew he had to try and help. Uh, He says the muggers didn't really think too much of him. They were able to steal her phone. And as they walked away, they didn't even run away. As they walked away, they kind of laughed about what had taken place. This doorman says he's thankful he was there because maybe it would have been worse if he hadn't been. So I stepped back because now I thought, like, am I aiding the thief? Right. But that was enough for them that little distraction but struck me that that they were so so bold and even when i was outside they still continue to to rob her and if you watch a surveillance video you can actually see they're laughing as they walk away the good thing is he slowed down the smugging so the cameras in the building were able to capture good pictures of these creeps who carried out this crime maybe the worst part of this whole thing was there were a ton of witnesses since it was the middle of the day who saw the whole attack and did absolutely nothing Thankfully, the woman, by the way, she's okay. BUABC News Time 540 out to Long Island, where a migrant from North Africa going to be charged with assault and robbery as a hate crime for allegedly removing a Long Island man's Israeli flag and then beating him up in front of neighbors. This was Sunday afternoon in Hewlett. Alexander Binyaminov 
heard his ring doorbell go off and saw this random stranger walking away from his Yulid house with two of his flags. One was an Israeli-American flag and another was one that says, we stand with Israel. So he went out to try and stop this guy. It was Israeli-American flag. And there was actually two flags. There was one little flag hanging there that said, we stand with Israel too. So he tore up both of the flags. When I grabbed the flag away from him, he was saying, I'm from Palestine. You Jews are killing Palestinians. The man who police uh, now have in custody walked away from Alexander, made an obscene gesture on video, then walked to several houses away. And that's where Alexander caught up with him. And that's where this fight took place. He punched me in my face, gave me a black and blue, uh, put me in a chokehold. Um, that's when my wife stepped out, called the police. So this flag really important to Alexander because he put it up in honor of a relative who was killed in the Hamas attack back on October 7th. Uh, this creep who they caught up involved in this attack, he's uh, being held behind bars, $50,000 bail. And Alexander says he's recovering from the attack that took place Sunday afternoon. Living in America, I never thought this would happen with me, you know, as a Jew. We live here, um, all of us happily, without any problems. Feels a little bit disgusting that this happened to us. This hate crime should be stopped. The migrant that was arrested most recently had been living in a migrant shelter on Staten Island. We're getting more details. You remember this really, really gruesome, grisly, creepy story out of Brooklyn where they found body parts in a freezer? Well, now we know what took place. The man discovered dismembered in a refrigerator in Brooklyn was killed during a dispute over unpaid rent. And detectives believe his body was chilling there for at least two years. The victim now identified as Kassim Gelzer. He died of blunt force trauma to his head, was then dismembered and placed into the refrigerator. It was believed that he was killed in March of 2022. He's reported missing by his mom in April of the same year. Gelzer apparently had been couch surfing and staying at this third floor apartment in Flatbush, paying the residents through drugs. Uh, apparently, he missed a payment on those drugs. And that's when they say this 45-year-old who's behind bars in Virginia for a different crime cut up the body with a Leatherman's tool, wrapped it in bags, and glued the refrigerator doors shut. Now, how were police be able to figure out this entire story? Well, detectives traveled to Chesapeake, Virginia, over the last couple weeks since finding these body parts to interview the guy who killed him, Nicholas McGee. And he admitted he did it. He said he refused to pay his rent, and when he refused to pay his rent, he waited for him to fall asleep. He beat him with a hammer, then cut up his body and put him in the freezer. Yikes. The congestion pricing, you know, is this going to take place? You know, the MTA wants to start congestion pricing. If you haven't been following this story, they want to charge money to go below 60th Street in Manhattan to drivers. Uh, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. There are new developments in this battle over congestion pricing. MTA officials say that the multiple lawsuits being filed by uh, everybody outside of New York City, including New Jersey, Staten Island, 
putting the brakes on some critical improvement projects that they thought they would be able to start already and thinking that the cash was going to come in. But there are about a half dozen lawsuits filed in three separate federal courts. None of them have been resolved, so they can't start congestion pricing until they are. MTA officials say the litigation is hamstringing them, preventing them from awarding contracts for major projects to upgrade the aging transit system. That's where all the money is going to go for. Jamie Springer is the president of MTA Construction and Development, and he's upset. He thought congestion pricing would start in the spring. It's not clear that's going to happen. Critical improvements to improve our system, expand our system, make it more accessible. All of those improvements are going to have to be on hold while we await the outcome of this litigation. So he was rattling off a list yesterday to CBS about this much needed system upgrades that have been put on the shelf because of these multiple lawsuits. Projects like Second Avenue Subway to East Harlem. It's going to fund re-signaling our system to make it more reliable, including on the A and the C to Far Rockaway, on the B to D, the F and the M in Manhattan. More than 20 subway stations being made accessible with elevators and step-free access. All of that is really on the line. So he can't award any of these contracts for the projects until all those lawsuits by New Jersey, by Fort Lee's mayor, by Staten Island President Vito Fasella and others are settled. And in a new development connected to the story, the 400,000 members of the Municipal Labor Council, including police, firefighters, EMS responders, sanitation workers, are joining the Staten Island lawsuit claiming the city employees who work in the congestion zone should not have to pay to go to work. Right now, if it were to go through, they would have to pay to go in the zone. That's wrong. That's dead wrong. They should be exempt. That's something that should have been done, should have been the first thing. To talk about the people that make this city run. We just got a raise. We just got a raise. They're going to take back that raise. I will point out the transponders to collect your money outside the Lincoln and Holland Tunnels. They're up already. Up here by Bloomingdale's. They're up anywhere that you go below 60th Street. You'll see those transponders are ready to collect the money. These lawsuits... Of course, putting up congestion pricing for how long? Forever? For just a short time? That part we don't know. All right, 545. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Ellett. Thank you, Noah Mullen. I'll start here at the Garden. Jalen Brunson had 27 points and 8 assists before exiting with an apparent ankle injury. Dante DiMincenzo had 32 points. And the Knicks hung on for a 123-113 to 113 win over the shorthanded Memphis Grizzlies last night. Isaiah Hardenstein had 17 and 8 rebounds. And Precious Achua scored a 17 as the Knicks shot 55.8% and won for the 10th time in their past 11 games, improving to 16-3 and three over the last 19. Brunson, who was serenaded with MVP chance throughout the night from the home crowd, appeared to injure his ankle when he was fouled by Gigi Jackson with 5.31 to play. He did not return, and the Knicks did not have an update post-game. We'll keep an eye on that. On the hardwood in Brooklyn last night, the Nets fell to the visiting Dallas Mavericks. Five score of 109-98, and Kyrie Irving's return to the Barclays Center. Mikael Bridges scored 28 points, and Royce O'Neal had 18 for the shorthanded Nets, who trimmed a 23-point deficit to 107-101, to with about five minutes remaining before Irving knocked down two straight three-pointers for a 113-101 to lead. On the ice in Newark, John Marino scored the go-ahead goal late in the third period, and Vitek Vanacek made 35 saves as the Devils beat the Colorado Avalanche 5-3, to Last night, after the Avalanche tied the contest with two quick goals earlier in the third, Marino put New Jersey ahead at the uh, 17:43 mark with his fourth goal of the season. Yes, for Brad Dawson, Mercer, Chris Tierney, and Eric Hall also scored for New Jersey, which had lost 
two in a row. Nico Heischer had two assists. The Devils were playing for the first time since January 27th. After an off day yesterday, the Rangers will return to the ice tonight at home, getting set to welcome in the Tampa Bay Lightning for a 7 p.m. puck drop. That is Sports Gnome, and I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. Let's catch you up on some of the bigger stories of the morning. Our red satin-wearing jacket superhero, Curtis Lewa, on the Sean Hannity show last night, was doing an appearance to talk about the migrant mess here in the city. It was a well-framed shot. It was Curtis with his guardian angels behind him on an, one of those islands in the middle of Times Square in 42nd and uh, 7th Avenue. Beautiful shot. Uh, Sean's asking Curtis. Curtis questions about the migrant mess and Curtis is answering them. And all of a sudden, those guardian angels that are standing behind Curtis all of a sudden leave the shot. And you can see something is going on. All of a sudden, what you realize is those guardian angels are capturing two men. Uh, Curtis will give no doubt more details on this, but apparently they were migrants that had just shoplifted maybe from a nearby store. And there they were live on the air making their uh, well, they didn't make the arrest, but they held on to these guys until the cops could make an arrest. Here's what it sounded like on Sean Hannity last night. This all taking place live as Sean was interviewing Curtis. Not a bad deal. I don't think they're giving them to, to vets that are homeless in New York City. Not that I've heard, Curtis. So you see here some confusion and then Curtis detailing what's taking place. They've just taken down one of the migrant guys right here on the corner, 42nd and 7th, while all this is Can you pan the camera? They've taken over. They've taken over. You'd like the camera over there if at all possible. You got your key open, guys. Yeah, there was a little confusion over at Fox. They didn't have the mic on or whatever, but this is what it sounded like. He is out of control. Out of control. And this is what's going on, as you can see, the guardian angels that were with Curtis are holding on for it looks like a couple men. There. All right. Now, Eric Adams often complains. And then the weird part is, this is the only thing I question with Sean Hannity, is the he then moves on to another story. <laughs> it's like, wait, I want to see how this thing ends. But he's, he's like, OK, he's getting no support story. from the federal government yeah. to help him what? with the surge really? of. Jo- uh, I don't know. I don't get that. Anyway, uh, more. No doubt. Curtis will have all the latest details coming up when he sits down with Sid. Sid and friends in the morning coming up a little after seven o'clock this morning. Seventy people charged in a massive NYCHA corruption bust. Getting more details about this. New York City Department of Investigation Commissioner Jocelyn Strauber says the decade-long scandal was just widespread. The 70 current and former NYCHA staff members charged today in separate bribery schemes touch every borough of New York City and nearly one-third of NYCHA's 335 housing developments. This involved the kickbacks, exploited the no-bid process for contract work. It drove up the cost of construction and maintenance, diverted money away from public housing they desperately needed, and into the pockets of these greedy, greedy NYCHA staff members. Now, contractors who paid NYCHA superintendents should not be afraid to come forward and speak out. As the complaints today made clear... Many contractors have already been brave enough to tell law enforcement about the bribes that NYCHA employees demanded of them. U.S. Attorney for the Southern District there, Damian Williams, says the charges are results of a partnership. Close to 700 law enforcement agents involved in bringing this scandal to light. Today's charges are a product of tremendous partnership. Nearly 700 law enforcement agents participated in the arrests that took place in New York and elsewhere today.
Yes, so about $2 million trading hands in bribes. That's a crazy amount of money. Allegedly used their positions of public trust and responsibility to solicit and receive bribes from NYCHA vendors as a cost of doing business. Over $2 million in bribe payments in total. Yeah, so 70 rounded up yesterday. Down in D.C. last night, you know, more like yesterday evening, the House was set to vote uh, to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. The Homeland Security Committee did an extraordinary job, a very deliberate job, investigating the various things that, that uh, Secretary Mayorkas has been charged with. That's House Speaker Mike Johnson uh, talking to reporters uh, ahead of this vote. Mayorkas, he said, had engaged in a complete dereliction of duty in his handling of the southern border. Then the vote took place. NFL. Three Republicans joined Democrats in voting against the impeachment with the final tally tied at 215. Republican Speaker Mike Johnson told reporters ahead of the vote Mayorkas engaged in a complete dereliction of duty in his handling of the southern border. He accused the secretary of willfully refusing to enforce immigration laws. Had the vote passed, Mayorkas would have become the first cabinet official impeached in almost a century and a half. I'm Brian Schoen. Yeah, so it didn't even get out of the House. I mean, it was dead on arrival in the Senate anyway. Scarsdale State Assemblywoman Amy Paulin again fighting for legislation that would allow people with terminal illness in New York to end their own lives. She says she's more hopeful than ever that this bill could pass, despite opposition, that she's been about nine years since she first introduced this idea. Paulin's sister, Jane, had fought ovarian cancer, suffered in severe pain in the final weeks of her life, wanted to be put out of her misery, but could not be. I still remember her crying out pain when am i going to die already we still remember her her wish for us to be there when she died and neither um uh, neither were possible paulin's bill would allow people suffering terminal illnesses to end their lives by self-administering a drug to be eligible two doctors must examine the patient and conclude the patient is within six months of death and mentally competent to make that decision only available in very limited circumstances for someone who wants to live, but they're going to die. The change has become uh, the norm, and it's so it's time we do it in New York. Each time this bill's been introduced, several nonprofits, religious organizations lobbied intensely against it. Paulin said this year she has noticed more support, though, coming from activists and lawmakers. She pointed out that 10 states, including New Jersey, already have similar laws on the books. Still looking for these migrants who went after these two cops in Times Square as they tried to break up a fight almost two weeks ago. Governor Kathy Hochul believes that they did get on a bus, some of them, and are out in California. But she says eventually the cops will catch up with them and they'll have to pay to either by going to jail or being sent packing home to their home countries. Yeah, I want them to go through the justice system. I want to be prosecuted. I want them convicted. I want them to do time in jail. And then we deport them. Mayor Adams was in Albany yesterday lobbying lawmakers to support the city on a number of issues. One of them is he wants $400 million for the migrant crisis here. New York is already carrying the most of the asylum seeker. It's wrong to ask them to do more. And it's put our city in precarious position. Today, we're asking the state to increase its commitment. 
Meanwhile, New Yorkers have had it really up to here with the migrant mess. The latest, those six migrants busted for driving around the city on stolen mopeds, stealing phones. Send them back. <laughs> Close the borders and port them back to where they came from. There's a lot of people here suffering that we don't need more. If they commit a crime, they should be kept in a lockup and then put out the country. I think it's bullshit. And, and the Biden administration is doing a horrible job. Yeah, it was hard to find a lot of sympathy for the migrants on the streets of the city over the last couple of days. Police, as we noted, still searching for that crew of migrants who attacked two cops in Times Square. Every day they'd be robbing Macy's. They're just thieving. They're not going to look for work when they come out in the morning. They're just going and rob people, snatching I think some just want to get away from the crime out there and then commit crime here. They think they can get away with it because they're not documented. And Mayor Adams changing his tune just over the last couple of days now. He says migrants busted for serious crimes should be sent packing to their home countries.